I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm Eileen Sliffring. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. This week, we sit down with Doug Frisby, the head of global business marketing at Snap. With around 383 million daily users, the app has a firm hold on the highly elusive Gen Z demographic. The 12-year-old platform has grown its e-commerce capabilities and continues to be on the front lines of AR. Before he joined Snap, Doug held an impressive 11-year post at Facebook. We started by asking him about those formative years when social media was still growing up. We've obviously seen social evolve in a ton of different ways. I think perhaps the most obvious is just the platform dynamic. So when I started my career at Facebook, uh, social was desktop only. And really mobile was kind of just becoming a primary use case. And so I think the expansion or evolution of, of social from desktop to mobile was the most significant change. Uh, and I think one thing that is important about that is first, it allowed people all around the world to access social platforms. So you didn't have to have a computer uh, and you could access with your phone. Uh, the second thing, though, from a marketing perspective is that advertising really became a core part of the experience. So when social was desktop only, ads sort of sat off to the side. Uh, when social became core to kind of a mobile experience, ads became integrated into first feeds and then stories and all kinds of different surfaces. And so that's kind of, I think that trend is continuing as we look at things like augmented reality, which is one of the areas Snapchat's really focused on because AR takes that even a step further and allows you to kind of really sort of put yourself into a brand, which is something that marketers have always been trying to do. Uh, And so, you know, I think as we evolve beyond mobile, we'll continue to see that uh, proliferation. Now, you mentioned AR, uh, and that's um, obviously an integral part of the next phase. If you were to look at the big picture in terms of where social media marketing is going, uh, could you talk a little bit about where you envision it sort of going? What's going to happen next? I can't speak necessarily to other platforms, but I can tell you how we're thinking about that. At Snap, and I think you know one of the other really significant changes is that social, in in many cases, isn't social anymore. You know, a lot of platforms started off as a way to connect friends and family, but they've sort of drifted away from that core purpose. Uh, and you know, along with that, are all the things that we've seen related to misinformation uh, and content that divides us rather than brings us together. And, you know, I think when we look at uh, friendships during that period where social has really taken off, we're in the midst of a friendship recession today. If you look at the number of friends that people have compared to, let's say, the 90s, people have far fewer close friends than they used to. Um, And, you know, some believe that that is in part due to social media. And, uh, And so at Snap, we sort of see a different path. Um, we're all about enhancing your real relationships with your friends and family and, and bringing people closer together. And so uh, I think hopefully we will see a swing back to that core purpose where social is something that connects us rather than divides us. I think the other thing we'll see is, you know, we went desktop to mobile. Uh, we'll, we'll continue that trend and uh, where, whether it's wearables or glasses or, um, you know, devices that move beyond the desktop and the mobile device those will be a core part of the social experience as well. 
just a quick follow-up on that point. You know, the idea of people being divided on social media. One of the things that I've noticed, of course, is the the kind of age difference. You know, the, there are sort of groups of people of certain ages that group together on social media platforms. So it's not a kind of multi-generational thing. Is that something you've observed? Absolutely. I mean, I think we have seen all kinds of different relationships flourish on Snapchat in particular. So it's not just close friends with each other or friends within specific age groups, but there are connections between, you know, kids and their parents, for instance, uh, or relatives, distant relatives that maybe don't have a, another way to connect with each other. And so I think it's a, it's a really multifaceted uh, way to, to connect people. Each kind of social platform, too, today has a little bit of a um, demographic that they reach primarily. And I'm curious with Snapchat, if you're seeing like the same kind of demo that has kind of been there since like um, it's starting off point, which is more like um, younger kids and like Gen Zers. Um, so, yeah, curious what you're seeing now. Yeah, I think, you know, our, our core audience on Snapchat is really the 13 to 34 uh, demographic. But I think one thing that a lot of people don't know is that more than half of our audience is above the age of 35. And so the reasons that you use Snapchat or any other social platform, those are going to change over time as your relationships and your social dynamics evolve. Uh, but you know, I think for Snapchat in particular, uh, we see that evolution and people using us in different ways as they age and move from high school to college and college into into the professional world. Uh, and and it, it, you know, it, it's just about your motivations at the specific point in time and, and how you're getting that social fulfillment. Back to you for a second, because um, you actually made a career jump. Um, you were at Toyota as like social media manager in the U.S. How did your experience at Toyota like shape your philosophy as a marketer when you arrived at Facebook? My years at Toyota were quite, quite formative. So I at first had the opportunity to work for a couple of tremendous leaders and amazing marketers. Uh, Jim Farley, who's now the, the CEO of Ford uh, and had several marketing roles on the path to that position. Uh, and then Deborah Wall, who was uh, just recently left General Motors as the CMO. So those are two of the people I worked for. And I think they kind of shaped my perspective as a marketer because Unlike maybe senior executives in other roles, they were always pushing us to do things that were bigger and more transformative than even we were comfortable with. And so that led us into a lot of different interesting avenues and marketing channels. And social was one of those. So at Toyota, we were one of the, I think, first major advertisers on Facebook when Facebook had 30 million users. Uh, and we adopted Twitter and Dig at the time and a bunch of other platforms in kind of a test and learn fashion. So that's one way. Um, but I think the other way, you know, while Toyota is a manufacturing company, first and foremost, there's a couple aspects of the Toyota way or their core DNA that I think are really relevant to, to marketing. One of them is the idea of Genshi Genbutsu, which is the Japanese term for go and see or go to the source. And so this is the idea that the only way that you can truly understand uh, a consumer behavior is by really going and seeing for yourself. And so, you know, the story uh, was when Toyota was launching their first full-size truck to compete with the F-150 and the Silverado and the, and the Dodge Ram, they sent a team of engineers from Japan to a Dallas Cowboys 
uh, tailgate and to a Home Depot in Texas. And you can imagine that that probably had a major impact on their perspective on what U.S. truck buyers needed. So that idea is something that I've always tried to embody as a marketer is really trying to understand that underlying consumer motivation. Um, and then the other one is just the idea of Kaizen or continuous improvement and really you know, asking the five whys and trying to really get to um, the underlying opportunity to make something better. And so that's something I've always tried to apply and is super important in a you know, industry that is as fast moving and dynamic as the one we're in today. The past couple of years with the pandemic and everything really wasn't the easiest years for social media companies. Um, ad spend slowed down quite a bit. And yet your daily active users went up. In an earnings call last year, um, even Snap CEO talked about strategic priorities for the business, including growing the community and deepening engagement with products. Can you talk about how you're going about that? Uh, we've done a number of things to really drive engagement and growth over the last several quarters. So we recently announced we have 750 million people using Snapchat every month, uh, and that's grown for several quarters in a row. And from an engagement perspective, we've introduced a lot of new features uh, for our community. And one example of that is My AI. Um, in case you haven't heard, AI is now a big thing. Uh, and so uh, we have really embraced that and are trying to kind of lead the way. Uh, and so we recently rolled out uh, our My AI chatbot uh, all around the world. And we're steadily adding all kinds of new features to that. And so you can do things like personalize your My AI uh, avatar. Uh, you can add My AI into conversations with friends. Uh, and you can also uh, ask it to recommend uh, lenses or AR lenses and places on the map. And so we're learning a ton along the way. It's, you know, My AI is only a few months old uh, and we're adding all kinds of new features. And, you know, that, that includes safeguards to make sure that you know, my AI is safe and that it's recommending things that um, that people want to hear. And so those are a couple of the things that we're doing. Um, but, you know, as we kind of look ahead, we're really thinking about how my AI can create opportunities for brands as well. And so um, we're, uh, you know, looking at how if you're, for instance, having a conversation with a friend, maybe planning a dinner and trying to choose a restaurant, my, my AI could kind of participate in that conversation and recommend something for you. And so a lot of innovation uh, and opportunity on that front. You know, you mentioned specific products inside the app. Um, could you talk a little bit about the kind of products um, inside the app that are drawing creators and, and what is Snap's place in the evolving creator economy, you know, and how, how then, I guess the second part of that is how do you go about pairing creators with brands? I think the first thing that's important is that creators are using Snapchat differently than they're using other platforms. And they're really, uh, as opposed to creating very kind of polished, orchestrated content, uh, they're using Snapchat to provide their fans uh, an opportunity to get a behind the scenes glimpse of their day to day. And so we have creators that are posting dozens of snaps a day uh, to their stories and giving their fans that inside look. And so uh, the, the, what we've kind of introduced recently though is an opportunity for creators to actually build a business based on that dynamic. And so we introduced uh, a revenue share program which allows creators to share 
in the advertising revenue from ads that we show between their stories. That's been uh, an extraordinary growth area for us over the last few quarters as well. Uh, and to allow brands to capitalize on that, we recently uh, launched something called the Snapstar Collab Studio, which really helps connect brands with creators uh, and provides that kind of end-to-end service that makes all aspects of that partnership easier. So we're allowing brands to participate in that, in that growth as well. I'm curious, what makes a star creator on the, on the app? <laughs> No, that's a great, great question. You know, I mean, the first thing is just providing something that's unique and different. Uh, many of our Snap stars have also, you know, uh, built big followings on other platforms as well. Uh, and so they're kind of bringing that core equity to ours. But uh, I think the ones that are big on Snap really embrace that idea of like providing the inside look and giving that glimpse of the day to day. And so uh, that's why they're getting something on Snapchat, our community that is, that they can't get from creators on other platforms. You're investing in augmented reality. And I know Snap has been at the forefront of AR. Um, what's next for the platform? Could you talk a little bit about the AR features that are helping brands get in front of their audience? Yeah. So we've offered what we call sponsored AR for several years now, which is essentially the opportunity to promote a branded lens in our camera. But the thing that we've announced or, or launched most recently is uh, called Ares or AR Enterprise Services. And so this is essentially allowing um, basically businesses to take the best of our AR technology and embed it in their websites, in their own apps, or even there in their stores through AR-enabled mirrors. And so uh, recently at our uh, Snap Partner Summit, we launched the basically the shopping suite, which is the first collection of features from Ares uh, bundled into a more cohesive service. So this idea of taking AR from inside Snapchat and bringing it out to you know websites, uh, apps, and and stores outside of Snapchat is really the the major step forward we've taken recently. Awesome. How would you describe the response to some of these like social commerce um, features that you have in the Snapchat app? I know um, like, in general, social commerce has just exploded over the past few years um, across like every platform, essentially. Um, so, yeah, curious about like shoppers habits. Are they actually like using these like features? A- absolutely. And I think, you know, social commerce is one of those sort of elusive terms that may mean a little, you know, something a little different to, to everybody. But I think at our core, Snapchat is really about friends and family. That's why people use our platform. Uh, and we also know that um, our community really depends more on recommendation from their friends and family than they do from celebrities or influencers. And so that core dynamic, I think, is really at the root of the social commerce opportunity. Uh, and if you think about AR specifically, you know, one of the things that we see is people are using uh, AR lenses on Snapchat and then they share those with their friends. And so, you know, a great example of this, we uh, created a lens with McDonald's last year that allowed you to take your Bitmoji, which is uh, essentially your avatar within Snapchat, uh, and it could open a life-size like Big Mac. And so it was a fun, kind of interesting, engaging you know, way uh, to engage with McDonald's that many people then shared with their friends. And so that dynamic of, of kind of really focusing on friends and family and creating interesting, engaging experiences is really at the root of 
the social commerce opportunity from our perspective. How would you then say Snapchat is like leveraging these consumer trends to then demonstrate its power to like other advertisers? Well, a few different ways. I think, you know, we are really trying, always trying to explain to advertisers our value proposition and, and how we're different. Uh, and there's really a few different layers to that. Um, you know, one is just our audience. And so you know, I mentioned earlier, we've got 750 million people using Snapchat every month, but then 383 million people using Snapchat every single day. Uh, and so we know that that is not only a large audience, but it's also a unique audience, meaning we're providing kind of unique unduplicated reach. And in addition to the audience uh, aspect of the value proposition, and perhaps more important is the reason why people are using Snapchat. So we know people come to Snapchat to interact and to connect with their friends and family in that they have in those relationships that they have in the real world. And that makes them happier. And so we know from, through research we've done that we are the happiest social platform, which is a, a measure of pride for us. In addition to just being a good thing for the community, creates a ton of opportunities for brands because when people are happy, they are more receptive to all kinds of different new ideas, messages, recommendations, uh, and that creates an opportunity for brands to have influence. And so that kind of combination of the audience and the reason why people are coming to Snapchat is at the core of what we are trying to explain to our community of advertisers and agencies. I recently read a survey by GWI that said most people over the age of 25, you know, use the Google search bar as the starting point when they go online. But that's increasingly not true for young generations. Um, I mean, very interested to know, you know, what should marketers know about these sort of foundational online activities such as shopping and the social habits of Gen Z and Gen Alpha? What's your sort of snap shot, sorry for that pun, uh, of this group, of this demographic? Yes, I think a couple of things. You know, one is that we know that Gen Z and Gen Alpha, they rely more on their friends and family for recommendation and advice on all kinds of different things, including what to buy, than other generations do. And so second, perhaps as a corollary to that, is the fact that social media is a top source of discovery for Gen Z and Gen Alpha. And so uh, that dynamic potentially is a bit different than than we've seen in, in other generations who emphasize or utilize search more um, and plays into our strengths as a platform, for sure. I read that Snap just crossed the 200 million monthly active user mark in India, which you know makes the mind boggle in a way. But how is Snap looking to scale internationally? And, and where's the most dynamic growth coming from? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you called out the most dynamic source of growth in India uh, and the fact we reached, you know, more than 200 million users, 120 million of them are watching content on our platform. So they're, they're using multiple different features within Snapchat and they're super engaged as a, as a community or a country. Uh, and I think as we look to expand even further, the growth that we're seeing is, in India is promising for all other, you know, many other different markets. Um, Italy and Japan are a couple examples. Uh, and so, you know, eventually we're 750 million people coming to Snapchat every month today. Um, you know, we're, we're eager to grow to a billion and beyond uh, by providing value to, you know, communities all around the world. So 
I think it's a harbinger, hopefully, of great things to come. And that's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next time we have Melissa Grady-Diaz, the CMO of Cadillac. Cadillac has always been a brand that represents achievement. It's something that people who believe in the American dream and work really hard and get to a certain point in life, the Cadillac becomes part of that journey. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Loving Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Chris Brooklier and Kat Vesey. And remember... We are the happiest social platform, which is a, a measure of pride for us. In addition to just being a good thing for the community, creates a ton of opportunities for brands. I'm Elise. And I'm Damien. And we'll see you next time.